So the music I listened to growing up was kind of like, it definitely started with R&B. I feel like a lot of people, that's like their gravitation. Obviously, that's where music originated from, like R&B, jazz, soul, blues. So it definitely was like a lot of R&B music. But I think once I started, like, I want to say like pulling myself away from R&B, but just like wanting to expand my whole like, genre and taste of music and like as I started like getting into those phases and young adults and pre-teens like I definitely listened to a lot of like rock music like alternative rock like Paramore, Hayley Williams, My Woman, definitely that like Avril Lavigne, I listened to Kelly Clarkson which was you know that tune. I mean I kind of listened to the same people over and over again it was just like the same like I don't know. It was like a lot of pop, a lot of R&B, a lot of alternative rock, indie, kind of some folk. Like, I really grew up a lot of the time watching a lot of in the morning before school, like the DH1 or the MTV, like music videos and stuff like that. So that's like a lot of what I like watched a lot of the time. And it would be artists that I like never knew of. But like, I was so fascinated by like the music videos, by like the different sounds I was listening to. and. I think one person that I think really kind of like struck the chord with me was everyone has their own like different opinions about her, but Taylor Swift. I loved her so much when she first came out. One, because like she was a female artist and it was not a lot of female artists that were really like blowing up back then, but also that she like played guitar. I played guitar as well. She wrote all of her songs on her own. And I just felt like that was really powerful. You know, it was a lot of sappy stuff of course, but like, it was just, I don't know, it was just really different for me. She really kind of placed a good thing on my heart. This is Musicians Can Thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents, everyone across all niches. Welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. Jiramani first came onto my radar when I noticed Kira Nova in Live Free from local Austin duo The Kaleidoscopes talking about collaborating with her on Instagram. It wasn't until about a year later that I actually met her at the New World Audience unofficial South by Southwest showcase this spring. Drew intrigued me. I didn't know much about her yet, but what little I did know of her music and the other people I knew that were collaborating with her, there were signs to me that Drew was involved in making good music. Several months later, I've learned that Drew is a savvy businesswoman with a fiery drive propelling her as she develops multiple streams of income to sustain herself and her music career. That's really cool. I honestly would have never pegged you for a Taylor Swift girl. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I mean, but hey, it's, it's like, I feel like we like to assume as humans, you know what I mean? Be like, oh, this person would probably like do this, but it's just like when you actually get to know people like, her old stuff were some of my favorite. Her new stuff, not a kind of fan of it, but like that's just, I don't know, I kind of just like see her personality for what it is now. I'm kind of like, 
and analyze it's like I'm pretty calculated when I look at people I'm like I kind of know who you are now but like her new music is like Anthony but her old stuff I was really 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 into I was super into mm-hmm. super super into that's really interesting I actually had a very similar experience with Taylor Swift and you know kind of looking up to her as a songwriting role model for a while yeah like her songwriting skills are really and it's like I'm not going to deny that like you know what I mean like I don't know her as a person but like songwriting skills I'm like yo girl like you got some you got a good skill like with your pen to paper you know and like obviously with that being our way of how we want to go about life me and you about songwriting it's like that I'm kind of looking past of like who you are like I'm trying to see exactly like your skills you know your craftsmanship and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah definitely Definitely I think that's actually part of why I guess the word is I I started to feel really disillusioned with her as an artist with her new music because she started adding in other songwriters or really heavily being influenced by other producers and on the one hand that is a totally natural evolution as an artist but yeah there's not a problem but at the same time it was kind of hard for me to watch on the one hand you know it kind of took the pressure off myself where I was like oh okay so it's not just her doing this anymore I don't need to try and aspire to you know the same level of quote greatness just me by myself like she has help so if I had help maybe I could do something similar but also man she could really write good country songs by herself she can she definitely can like that's one thing that I'm not gonna like down her about like at all (laughs) it's like yeah it's like who am I to sit here and say like it's like I see people and I get I'm so big on success whatever that means for individuals and like I'm so I get so happy I don't know it's like a high to me. like I get so happy when I see people like on a business venture or doing something that they aspire to do love to do like serving others that makes me feel so good because I'm like you're helping the collective in whatever shape or way or form that is for you and for to be a young girl, 15, you know, like, writing, of course, you know, everyone has their own say and opinions, you know, love songs. But I'm like, yo, we could all, like, definitely, we can definitely, like, agree to disagree or necessarily agree to these love songs because we've all had our heart broken. We've all went through some type of love breakup. Like, that is something that, like, you can never not stop writing about is love mm-hmm. songs, I feel like. And so I'm just like, yeah, of course, you know, with her past or whatever, all these boys, but these boys have given her immense amount of stories to tell. And I'm so big on storytelling and everyone has a story to tell, whether they're a songwriter, whether there's someone who paints, whether there's someone who, you know, does construction and like to build stuff, you know what I mean? That's the story to me. So I'm just like, whatever these lessons or whatever has happened her experiences they were able to give her some type of crutch for her to have some visuals and symbols and signals and signs for her to be able to like craft a short story basically that's effortless and I mean it's not like these people did not listen to her music so (laughs) they did I'm like the people who were talking mad about her I'm like you listen to her music so you cannot deny she's not one of the greatest songwriters 
I mean, as a female, you know, I don't want to be like of all time because I mean, I'm sure there's obviously other people before her, but like, there's definitely a lot of people that like I have to like broaden my spectrum and listen to a lot more for sure. That people are telling me like you need to listen to a lot of more old music, like back in the day. And it's not that I don't want to. It's I feel like I'm someone that has to feel guided or feel gravitated towards listening to. I don't like to force stuff on myself. So I'm like, if I feel, you know, guided to listen to The Temptations, then okay, I'll listen to The Temptations. But I'm sure I know, like, maybe two of their songs, but it's not something I know to heart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know they're classics. Like, I know they're oldies. But I always, like, sometimes feel bad. Like, or I think I allow people to make me feel bad because they're like, you don't know so-and-so. And I'm like, crickets. Mm. Like, oh, you know? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, I don't know definitely gonna you know do my who are your favorite like you know songwriters oh man well as far as songwriters specifically John Mayer was a massive influence for me when I was growing up John Mayer so between him Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift those were the three people who basically uh, around high school was when I really started to sort of develop my own style as a songwriter whereas before you know you're just like figuring out how the hell you meant to write a song yeah so they were the people where I really would like honestly what tended to happen is I would listen to a song of theirs and it would hit me in a certain way and I would go damn I wish I'd written that song and so then my sort of exercise for myself would be okay so try and write your own version of either that theme or that kind of melody or that lyric, you know, what's, what's your take on it? So yeah, that's what I tended to do. But in general, we're like, the, we're the same age, right? I think so. Yeah. Early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Early twenties. Cause you just said high school and I was like thinking about like, I was like getting visions of me in high school and how like, cause I was inquired, heavily inquired growing up. And um, a lot of people like they were so big on John Mayer. And, like, I don't know why I didn't even think about him. So when you said him, I was like, he is, like, it's weird. Like, I don't, he's not from this planet. Like, guitar skills, songwriting skills, I'm just like, you are something different. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, he's definitely my first guitar role model. That's for sure. Definitely. Love that. So if I remember correctly, you identify primarily as a songwriter and then a recording artist second right I would say so sometimes I feel like it goes back and forth I think it goes back and forth mainly because I allow myself to listen to other people's opinions which can be a pro and a con and I don't I mean speaking for my truth I don't find anything wrong with it like I grew up singing before I started songwriting that's one thing for sure like I grew up singing beforehand anything I it's taken a long time for me to love my voice to be able to like be like okay this is what I sound like you know not trying to compare myself to this artist this artist this artist and just being like okay like you can't change it you know what I'm saying obviously Mm -hmm. with vocal coaching it can be improved it can be widened broadened whatever but um, it's definitely taken me a long time to be comfortable with my singing voice I didn't start songwriting until actually I moved to Austin, which was in 2017. And initially I moved here to go to school to be an esthetician, a skincare specialist. 
And I've loved music my whole life, but I didn't, I was still like living in the matrix and stuff and like having people be like, oh, it's going to be so hard to get into or, oh, you know, like, are you sure you really want to do that? Like, you know, Mm. like the music industry, it's tough, like, you know, and so like with all these opinions in my face, even though I knew how gifted I was, I didn't allow my intuition to be like, all right, let's go for it. Like, you can do it you know, screw what these people are saying, like, just do it. Until I did make the decision to move to Austin. I actually never, I think I only visited Austin once, and I was in high school for, like, a choir thing. But, like, something just told me to move to Austin, and I was like, I don't have a logical reason to move to Austin. But this is the first time that my intuition is, like, literally, like, punching me in the stomach to be like, go, go, go. (laughs) I did not know it was the live music capital of the world until the next week of me making that decision. So once I made that decision, I was at work and people were like, yeah, like, and I didn't tell anyone that I was moving to Austin. So it was kind of like the universe basically giving me, like, these signs and these little breadcrumbs to be like, you know, like, I want you to go to music. I want you to do this. Like, people started being like, oh, yeah, like, Austin's the live music capital of the world. Like, did you know there's so many, like, bands, blah, 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 like, in Austin? And then, like, in the back of my head, I was just like, am I being punked right now? Or, like, should I actually go to school, like, for what I kind of want to do? Or, like, should I actually, like, take it on, you know, head on? And then when I did move to Austin, like, school just kind of, like, went right over my head. Like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to school, like, and then I just met a producer and it kind of just like, it just started rolling just like from there. And it, it, I mean, and here we are on this interview and like me releasing NXPPs and stuff like that. Like I definitely would say I'm very proud of myself for like listening to myself, but it, I think it goes back and forth. Like I have people that I work with who are like, you know, and it's not to say that I'm not like, it's not to say that what they're, okay. intention that I always say is that I want to be around people that know more than I I feel like everyone should want to do that you know what I mean you don't want to be limited by your own mindset so when it comes to me being in the industry you know if I'm working with people who literally have a degree in music and I know that I don't then yes I'm going to open my mind up enough to listen to what they have to say with taking certain aspects and being like, okay, what can you resonate with? What can you not throw it out of the door? You know what I mean? Don't allow their whole opinion to be so caught up in yours. You know, I've had some people that I've worked with who are like, you know, it's not to say that your songwriting skills aren't great. You know what I mean? I think you're a better vocalist. Or I've had other people that I work with, they're like, your songwriting skills, I've never met anyone who can write like you. Like, you write in the now, and you kind of just detach and then write to the, and just keep writing, which I do take very pride in that. I love to write. I love to journal just my thoughts in general. It doesn't even have to be songwriting. And I think once I started journaling just, like, my thoughts, that I was like, okay, let me take this into writing actual songs and seeing where I go from it. And when I just started, like, going on YouTube, listening to, like, random beats, and then just kind of, like, humming melodies, it just kind of started flowing. And uh, it got to the point where I was writing, like, five, six songs in the span of, like, an hour and a half, and just just to write. And it could be about different things. And it was just, like, okay, like, I'm not feeling that anymore. So I'm not, like, not feeling, like, the song, but, like, not feeling the emotion and the feeling anymore because I'd just written it out and I just sung about it. So now I can write to the next one. 
And it just got to the point where I was writing so quickly that it was like, I was just like, wow, like I can easily detach from this. Like I'm someone that's big on like manifestation and, you know, your words are spells, you know, you can't, you know, thoughts can become anything that I was like, I don't want to get so attached to my music to the point where I'm seeing this over and over again. And then it continuously manifests in my life, especially if it's something that I was heard about and, you know, I'm really being angry and stuff like that because also, you know, your vocals and when you sing, it weighs vibration and it weighs like, a, you know, a certain frequency to it. And so it was like, I don't want to get to the point where, like I said, I don't want to be singing about something that hurt me so much and constantly be singing it and singing it. And then I keep seeing the same thing in my life. And then I'm looking like stupid to myself and being like, why can't I have somebody in my life that just loves me for me? Well, it's because I'm writing about the same thing and singing about the same thing, you know? So it was like, I just got to the point where I was just like writing and being like, okay, I wrote about this give me another beat, I can write to this, give me another beat, I can write to this, and I just write quickly, which, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it's pro and con, I don't know. Well, it sounds like words flow very naturally for you. Yeah, I'm, as you, I'm talking a lot in this interview, so I was just like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just, I just talk, like, I just, like, feel like I always have a lot to say, or at least I feel like I do. Well, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So if you moved to Austin in 2017 and it's 2020 now, it's about been about three years that you've really been actively working on building a career in the music industry. Yeah. And I'd love to hear about some of the challenges that you've experienced with both the Austin music scene and just making money to support yourself as an artist. Definitely. I would say like the challenge and the obstacles I've had were like, I think naturally I'm someone that doesn't allow myself. It's gotten a lot better. But like in the past, it was about like me opening up to people because I mean, with anyone putting out their art, you're putting, you're, you know, you're taking a risk. You're putting your art out there. You're putting your art out there. You're putting your heart and your soul into it. And so, being able to go around people or be around people in general that actually truly was like, I love what you're doing. And I think it was necessary. I mean, yeah, I had challenges that were external, but I'm really reflective. And I, you know, everything outside of me is a reflection of what I'm actively telling myself on the inside. So, you know, you can't force anyone to do anything. And I have this belief system where everyone is being pushed out. You know, you're the main character of your movie. You're the main character of your video game. And how people respond to you is how you are responding to yourself. And so mm. I feel like a lot of the challenges and obstacles have to do with me. And about, like, you know, do I trust myself to know go all in? Do I trust myself enough to know do I really feel comfortable in my own voice? Do I actually love my voice? I think with any industry that you are in, you have to think that you are the best. You have to think that you are extraordinary. You have to think that you your success is inevitable no matter what, no matter what. Like, you have to be so, I don't want to just be, like, cocky, but you got to be, like, on your shit. Like, I don't, sorry. Like, you got to be just, like, on your toes. Like, you got to be, like, so grounded in yourself and in 
what you do to the point where no one outside of you, those shadow aspects of you, can sway you from going back into the same negative thought patterns and habits that you were once in. And so allowing myself to be like, okay, do I trust these people or trust those different aspects of myself to feel comfortable enough to be like, these people actually care about the music that you're putting out. They're actually listening to it. They actually want to hear your voice or the stories that you have to say. And they care about your heart. And I think that was more so about like wanting to care about my heart more because like I said, it's a, it's a risk to put yourself out there. and. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm the most sappiest person. I feel like the only, the only, I mean, I feel like I do get pretty sappy when it comes to my music because I'm singing and I tend to make myself cry a lot when I sing and it's not like on purpose. I just do because my body's feeling so heavily and it was just like, I think trusting, trusting those different shadow aspects of myself within other people to be like, these people aren't lying to you or you don't want to continue telling yourself that narrative that these people are out to get you or these people are out here wanting to make you feel that you're not good enough or capable enough to make it in the industry. Because clearly I listened to my intuition to move here and things started rolling, you know, and I've met so many wonderful people in this industry and I have never been so thankful to God for placing me in the position that I am in and being able to reach people like I love to express myself through words and I love to be able to write and my main goal is to serve people through my thoughts and my words and my emotions and be able to touch people with that and to touch people with my voice and I've you know I've allowed myself to you know be a little bit naive too when it came to some certain challenges or obstacles believing that people had my best interest at heart when in all actuality, they didn't. And, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to assume be like, oh, every artist was there at a specific point in their life. But I feel like when you are beginning, you want, you know, you, you want to be like, you know, you want everyone to be like, hey, like, you know, you want to be able to be like, hey, this is my music, like, listen to it. Be so involved in wanting to share yourself that, not saying you don't care about who, say who cares to listen to it, but you just want to just throw it out there and be like, I just want everyone to hear it. But mm. everyone's not going to accept you in that way. And not everyone's going to be able to acknowledge you in the way that you want them to acknowledge you. And, you know, I've played at gigs where I've had to pay to play. And in my mind, everyone has their different narratives. In my mind, I was like, it's not to say I wouldn't get this opportunity again, but I'm all about you got to invest in yourself. And if I didn't invest in myself to pay to play, I wouldn't have those people listening to my music to this day, you know? And so some people are like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? And hey, I'm all about, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but truth is always truth. And that will never be construed. And I'm so big on investing in yourself. Money is neutral. Money is a tool for resources, depending on your intentions and your, your, you know, energy doesn't lie. And the universe is always watching. So it's like, I knew that putting this money towards this pay-to-play gig was something that I trusted in myself enough because I knew that people were going to listen to my voice because I knew how gifted and talented I was. I knew what I had to say, and I knew how people responded to me because of the narrative that I told myself. So therefore, I was like, I, I have to go in. I have to do this. And to this day, 
people that I I paid to play, the people that were there at that show, are now commenting on my post, are now, you know, listening to my music, are now sharing my stuff. And if it wasn't for me doing that, I wouldn't have not gotten those fans, people, artists, you know, people that I care about, you know, listening to my music now, you know, making money in the industry. I really have been working on my money mindset the past like two and a half years. And I have this belief that I'm a multimillionaire just by being authentically, you know, in whatever way that looks like to me. I don't want to have this whole identity be like, okay, I have to be in this business too. I have to be like, you know, put together. I have to do that. Like, nah, I want to be carefree and laid back. This money, like I said, is a tool. It's neutral. It's whatever you assign it to. So therefore, I'm like, I know money in my hands is going to be used for good. I'm going to invest more in myself. I want to invest in other artists. I want to invest in more courses and classes and more skills to help me become better so I can serve others. And it makes me so emotional now because, like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Like, I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to serve other people. And in whatever, like, industry that I was in, and now I'm in this music. But you know, I've had, I mean, I now work a part-time job. I mean, with the pandemic that was happening back in actually November before the pandemic, something happened at my job to where I was like, you know, enough is enough. Like I can't be working for nobody. Cause I don't, that's, I don't think that's ingrained in my personality. Like I do not feel like I'm meant to work for anybody, just the way I carry myself. And I was like, I gotta be done. I'm quitting on my 24th birthday. And I set that intention. I let it go. Literally on the day of my 24th birthday, the manifestation happened to where my boss was like, are you basically saying you're quitting? And I was just like, I got, my ego got so scared. One, because there was 29 days in February and rent was around the corner. So I was like, oh my God, like I'm not going to pay for my rent, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that was my ego. Not realizing that the universe is going to provide for me no matter what. Like, I think a lot of people need to recognize or should recognize. I don't want to say need because, hey, everyone's entitled to their own movie here. But like, I feel like everyone should, you are the universe expressing itself in human form. And the universe loves us so, so, so much that it knows us so intimately that it will take care of us, it will provide for us, and all of our needs will be met in miraculous ways. And if I would have just allowed myself to just really, and I didn't have no money saved, like I have also, you know, like I said, I've been really learning my money, you know, my money mindset and really trying to hone in on it. And so I didn't have any money saved up. I was like, I'm just going to quit and just that be all, be all. And I didn't. And then two weeks later, the COVID happened, quarantine shut down, my job shut down. And so I was laid off. And I didn't qualify for unemployment. And I was dealing with my taxes. So I wasn't able to get a stimulus check. God to be glory, I had I have someone who I live with, who uh, love, who was able to take care of me, and I be able to take care of him in a way to where I wasn't so I wasn't concerned about whether or not food was going to be up on my table or the rent was going to be paid for. I was just like, you know what, this is a sign that I'm just going to not go back to work. I'm going to go all in on this music. I don't know how this is going to work out. But that's our job. That's the universe's job to figure out. It's how, where, when, and who it's going to come from. My job, our job, is to know what we want and why do we want it. And the universe will provide accordingly. And I just told myself, I'm just going to go for it. But it kind of got a little bit imbalanced because, I mean, the pandemic kind of shook us everybody up. And so I really was like, I don't know what the fuck 
what's going on right now. Like, I was mm-hmm. very confused. Like, that means stuff are closed down. People are having to wear masks. I was like, what is going on with the world right now? And <laughs> I was depre- I was so depressed for the first two weeks that I wasn't even able to focus on any art or focus on anything. Like, my ego was so freaking out and so scared that I didn't have time to just sit still and listen to my intuition and my higher self and be like, you're going to be fine. Like you can either see it as a lesson or a curse. You know what I mean? Like everything can be happening for you or you can sit back and be like, Oh, this is happening to me and I'm going to complain. But my mindset since I was a young child has been strong. And I was just like, this is happening for me. And this is a grace period a time where we're all staying home and I have all the time in the world to learn new skills, to write some more music. I recorded my whole EP during quarantine. I've written 5,000, I mean, I'm being dramatic, but like so many songs on my guitar. And I was just like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. But then it got to the point where it was like, okay, money's not going to just be manifested overnight. It can't. But, you know, I'm, if I'm claiming I'm a multimillionaire, it's not going to be manifested overnight unless I'm going to do something shifty, and that's not my intention. So I was like, I have to have some time, some part-time job for the weekend. I don't want to work full-time. I have to do something so I can pay my bills. I have animals I want to take care of, and I need to put food for them, put food in my belly. And then, I mean, I was also having to retrain my mind and be like, okay, this money is going to also be invested into my business. You know what I mean? I can buy more notebooks. This interview was actually recorded several months ago. So I'm going to give you a little bit of future context to compare with what Drew is talking about now. At the time that we recorded this interview, she did not have a job. She was trying to figure out what the best few sources of income were going to be for her. Because at the end of the day, When you're trying to build momentum in your music career, it's easy to say, okay, I'm just going to wait tables because it's easy and it doesn't really make me think too much about the work that I'm doing. It's relatively easy. But anyone who's actually been a server, myself included, knows that it can actually be very draining work being on your feet all day or all night, talking to people who range from thrilled to cranky and you never really know which one you're going to get. So often when you're a musician and you're trying to identify ways to make money, to support yourself before you're making significant income from music, it's a, it's a big challenge. And I am thrilled to say that between the time that Drew and I had this conversation and now, she has gotten involved with a business that helps women well, really anyone who wants to use it with hair care and skincare, but it tends to be women who use it. It's a wonderful community that she's found for herself too in this business. There are strong, motivated women like herself that she can surround herself with. And there's a common saying out there in the entrepreneur circles particularly on instagram and twitter and you know if you like books and podcasts you'll find them there hopefully you like podcasts because you're listening to this one but i digress this common saying is that the five people that you spend the most time with end up affecting who you are and what you do 
significantly. And so for Drew to find a revenue stream that also gives her opportunities to build relationships and get exposed to women who are thinking about business and building income and lives for themselves that are not dependent on, okay, I'm going to be stuck in this one place all the time so that I can go to this office and work nine to five Monday through Friday. It's just, it's a wonderful opportunity that she's found for herself. And so I'm very happy for her. And let's continue on with her interview. Buy more courses, buy some songwriting books off of Amazon. Like whatever it took, I was like, I need to be able to have this money, you know what I mean? And then use this money to make more money. So I have been also like learning about stocks and options during quarantine as well. So I was like, you know, I need obviously money to put money into a broker's account so I can start trading options. And um, that's been doing that as well because, I mean, the more money, the better. That's how I feel. I mean, like, no, money's not everything, but money is going to make me have experiences. And that's, I'm going to be on this damn earth. Hey, experiences are what I want, you know? And I'm like, I want to be able to license my music off the TV shows and movies and video games. And I would love to write for artists and, I would love to, I don't know, travel the world. And I I think I've kind of also been, I think, really going back and forth during this quarantine as well. Like, you know, so really, what do I want out of this? Do I, you know, I love to perform. And I think that I didn't really start, like, being like, wow, I actually love to perform until, like, the very last show that I did where I actually put a cover into my set and I never put covers into my set and because I was so proud on like writing my own music but I was like you know what I'm gonna do a Frank Ocean song Frank Ocean that is my dude I should have said that when you asked about music I listened to Frank Ocean my number one man of all time and people I never seen so many people watching me perform so I never that was like during the day because I remember I was like during the day and I remember seeing there was so many people watching my set I've never seen that many people watch my set before and like I'm pretty observant like I like to pay attention because I was like like I said everything's a reflection of what's going on on the inside and so I was like yo these people are really paying attention to me and then people knew the song that I was singing about I, I was singing thinking about you by Frank Ocean and People were singing. There was like teenage girls up at the front, you know, like bopping and jamming. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, this is what I love. It it was because it was the first time that I was actually really seeing people singing the songs. People know my original music, but it was really known to the fact that people, (laughs) and that's also, I'm trying to learn how to receive too. Like people are like, I love that song, Drew. I love that song that you wrote. And to me, I'm just like, girl boy whatever like you know it's just it's just I mean like I love the songs that I wrote too but because I told you I'm so detached from the music now that it's like okay like you know what I mean it's whatever like yeah it's a song that I wrote but it resonates with people so much and so the response that I was getting from that show it was like overwhelmingly good and I was like wow like I love to perform but then after a while I was like I actually like writing songs and I'm such a behind the scenes person. I kind of like to be incognito. <laughs> so it's like, I kind of like to just, you know, I don't know, 
be in the be in the background, but I think it fluctuates, and I think it depends on my mood. I really do think it depends on my mood. Like I can write songs all day. That's something that I will never ever ever get tired of. Like I think I have been gifted with being a skillful songwriter. Um, I think I've been gifted to sing really well as well. But I think it just depends on how I'm feeling. I think you know if I want to perform, I mean, hey, I can do that. People are going to respond to me accordingly because mm-hmm. I know how they do. I write a song, people are going to respond to me accordingly. I feel like one of the most valuable things I've learned out of talking to all the many musicians that I've interviewed for this podcast is that being able to embrace multiple aspects of what it means to be a creator, whether you're a songwriter and a performer or you also produce things or maybe you go and play as like a part of a backup band for another artist. I think all the different pieces can come together in a way that makes you stronger overall. Yeah, I definitely can definitely see that. Like, I mean, I've gotten um, asked, I've asked, you know, if I could do background vocals for someone. It's just like, like I said, I just want to serve people, like in whatever shape or way or form that is. Someone wants me to write a song for them because they want to perform it. I have no problem doing that. You can say that's your song. You know what I mean? Obviously, give me credit that I wrote it. You can say that you're a co-writer, too. Honestly, at this point, I don't care. It's not that I don't care to say that I don't want to get the credit. But we all deserve to shine. We all deserve to shine. And I feel like, who am I to sit back and stifle someone's gifts and talent if this is not, you know, say, if someone's not, that's not their strong suit in songwriting, you know what I'm saying? But their strong suit is singing, you know what I mean? They're a better vocalist than I am. And they ask me to write a song for them. Absolutely. Because, you know, you clearly see some type of purpose within me and baby I see a purpose within you because I know that you could carry this song somewhere so more far than I can do you know what I mean do so so why not be able to you know write this song for you so you can be able to perform it for others you know what I mean it's not to say that and I mean I don't feel like I don't feel like it's not the narrative I tell myself I don't feel like no one would not give me credit you know what I mean but at the same time, that's not what I'm looking for. It's I don't care. Like this, I feel like art is meant to be shared. It is meant to be shared. It is meant to be explored by everyone. Obviously, with discernment, you know, I'm not going to write for people that I feel like would kind of try to put me under the bus. You know what I mean? Like, but it is. It's meant to be shared and explored. And I feel like as a creator, and I think that's also. I was talking to Kiara too like a while ago and she was just like you know I don't like calling myself an artist because it feels so limited I feel like I want to call myself a creator and I was like I never thought about that I like that like to be called a creator is something different because as humans we are meant to create we are not meant to do we're meant to be and I you know I create by cleaning I create by cooking I create by you know folding my clothes songwriting whatever creating looks like for you like that is the creator like we are meant to be creators we co-create with the universe and so I don't want to feel so limited about what I can and cannot create when we are creating beings I definitely resonate with that we've made it about halfway through the show and we're going to have a quick pause 
Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. Thank you for listening. To make sure you get new episodes as soon as I release them, subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm so glad I get the honor of sharing these musicians' stories, and it would mean a lot if you would be willing to help me share them. Spotify has this awesome feature where you can share podcast episodes directly to Instagram stories. So if you're willing, tell your followers about your favorite episode. Last thing. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a quick review helps other musicians learn about Musicians Can Thrive. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. So along those lines, I want to circle back to what you said about focusing on money first as a means of investing in yourself or things that you care about. And I really loved what you said about money being neutral, because I feel like for some musicians, they're sort of afraid to even think about the money part of things or talk about it because they don't want it to sort of taint their art. But Mm -hmm. I really appreciated how you presented your pay-to-play show as a means of investing in yourself because there are a lot of people who feel like artists being asked to pay to play a show is honestly like robbing the artist of the income that they need. And I think both things can be true, but if you're in a position where you approach it instead as investing, exactly. Yeah. I can see how that would be really beneficial. Yeah. I mean, I would say, honestly, I never thought of the way that I think about money until I started taking this course by a mentor that I have. She's a manifestation expert. Her name is Catherine Zinkina. Everyone who's listened to this podcast, this interview, go check her out. Her name is Manifestation Babe on Instagram. She is the GOAT. I took her course called Rich Babe Academy, and it was basically like a money mindset manifestation course, and basically like hypnosis, homework, like journal prompts, everything to basically not be afraid of money you know what I mean because I think money is so taboo in this world people are so afraid to talk about money and I'm not gonna like sit here in front but before I even started focusing on my mindset about money I was in the same boat you know what I mean you are a byproduct of your environment it can come Mm -hmm. down to your parents the people you're around how were you raised all of that takes into account of what the narrative you're telling yourself and so it just got to the point where I was like I'm not gonna literally if I can't take care of a dollar, how can the universe even fathom of me being able to take care of millions? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I need to focus on this mindset of be able to know that in order to up level in your life in this video game, I got to start risking it to get the biscuit, you know? And I'm big <laughs> on, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm so big on, yeah entrepreneurship is 90% mindset and 10% strategy. It is, um, that was a quote from someone, I don't remember the quote, I was like, I don't quote me on that, that is not mine. It is from someone that I um, heard, and I'm pretty sure it was Catherine because I literally, like, she's my, she is my model. Entrepreneurship is 90% mindset and 10% strategy. 
the way you build this world is going to make or break you. And I have been blessed with the strongest mindset ever since I was a child. Like I was learning calculus at the age of five. My dad was a highly, highly intelligent man. He's a genius, actually. Very, very smart man. He was teaching me calculus, astrology, astrology, astrology um, astronomy, physics. Like I'm a big science, math nerd. Like I'm really big on that. And so growing up with my mindset and being able to like, just I'm a quick learner. I'm a fast learner. It does not take for me to grasp stuff at all. It doesn't. I'm just like it, it, humans. We make things so complicated when actually everything is pretty simple. It, it really is a simple concept. So with the pay to play and the making it, it was like there's pros and cons to everything in life, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's another belief in myself that I have. It's like there is no right, there is no wrong. How you view it is how exactly how your world is going to show up. So. I'm not going to sit here and convince myself. And I, like I said, I was so okay with other people being like, you're going to pay to play. Like, cause I did, I brought it out to people. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play, you know, I'm going to pay this money to like be on this lineup, blah, blah, blah. And I've had, you know, I have artist friends too, just because you said that too. Like people are so, you know, Oh, money, money, money. And then in my head, I'm like, what do you feel like is going to happen when you start getting paid? You know what I mean? Fear and money don't make money. It's not. You either got fear or you got love. If you are going to fear money, money is going to run away from you because it feels like it's not. you're not going to protect it or take care of it. Millionaires, they aren't afraid of money. So if you're trying to be in this industry and you think you're the GOAT to all these artist friends that I'm out there talking to, you're going to be in a world of destruction and hurt because you're not going to be able to allow yourself to fully rebel and be alive into it. Sorry, but, you know, I think the whole society, you know, oh, greedy people love money or evil, whatever. Money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money. You know what I mean? If you Mm -hmm. have selfish intent with money, of course, you know what I mean? Like karma is karma. What you give out, you're going to receive. But I'm like... If you have that intention and if you know what you're doing with it, why is it such a shameful thing to do, you know? And so I was like, I'm not going to sit here and be so, oh, my God, so afraid of money when you spent money to put a roof over your head. You know what I mean? You spent money to put clothes in your back. You're spending money to go out and drink. You're not scared to uh, put vices in your body. So why are you so afraid to invest in your future self or your career? And a business that is going to sustain you for so much longer than alcohol in your system. That is just, you know, it's just something that I think about. So I'm like, it's not, it's a must at this point. It's necessary. If I do not invest in myself and I'm so big investing in my future self that you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to. And, you know, it also goes back. People are so afraid to talk about money, but they're not afraid to be spending money on all of these products to make the music so I'm like I don't get your logic you know what I'm saying I don't understand where you're coming from if you're investing in that why are you so afraid of allowing people to pay you for studio time you know I've been blessed enough to where I've had people that I've worked with that I have paid people or who did not allow me to pay them yet because I wasn't financially capable of paying them in that moment it is not to say that I will not, because now that my money is, my ducks are in a row, 
my number one thing now is I, because money is an energy exchange. I want to show you that I value you for your worth. You know what I mean? So therefore you can show me that you value my time because I paid you so you can invest more into the projects that I'm doing. And like I said, I've been blessed enough to where I didn't have to pay people, where they would just come on over, let's make some music, let's just vibe. But in the back of my mind, I always knew like, I cannot wait till I have the money to pay them. Because one, they don't have to do what they're doing. Absolutely not, they don't. But the fact is that I'm willing to invest in people and I'm willing to invest in myself. You know what I mean? And I, you just kind of lead by example. I can't sit here and convince people to do what they don't want to do. You know, like I can have conversations all day with my music friends and be like, you got to start, you know, the universe is not going to take you seriously if you don't take yourself seriously. I mean, you are the universe. You're going to be stuck in the same place. And I, by all means, have aspirations and goals to be one, financially free by next year. Two, to make six figures by next year. Don't know how that's going to happen, but hey, that's not my job. I have I have step-by-step plans and approaches of how that how that could manifest. So I'm like, six figures is a lot of money. I've never even spent $10,000 in my account before, you know, but I believe in miracles. And I believe that with hard work and dedication, actually, I don't even believe that you have to necessarily work hard. I feel like that's also a story people tell themselves. Like, why should you have to work hard to make money? Like, we're all naturally abundant. Like money can easily flow to you effortlessly if you allow it to. And that's the key word, allow it to receive. You got to allow yourself to receive. So I've just been working on a lot of stuff and having ideas that I have not yet to put into action because I have not been giving divine instructions to take the step yet. But um, mapping it out has definitely been something that I have been doing. And I'm just really excited. I'm really excited. But obviously it takes money. It takes tools. It takes resources. At the end of the day, people can watch me from afar, and the only thing I'm going to say is that did you invest? Did you invest in yourself? Did you use? Did you put that money into yourself? You have to live below your means. I think that's a good, important distinction that you make because the way that you view money as an individual going through the world. It's going to affect, like you said, your ability to use it and your ability to earn it. And one of the things that I didn't, I guess just intellectually, like I sort of knew what I needed to do to create things in the music world. You know, it costs money to go into the studio. It costs money to buy new instruments or gear or go on tour. But the management of that money, the being able to not feel afraid that either there's not going to be enough money or afraid of even thinking about money in general. I've found that in the past couple of years, just from a personal sort of survival standpoint, as I became more of an adult in the world, you know, you got to figure out how to manage your money and stay on top of your shit and how your music factors into that. And if you really want to do something with your music, you are going to need to invest in yourself. But if you can't even budget like a hundred bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or even 25 bucks a month for like some little training course or new guitar strings or something, you know, like if, if you can't manage that small scale to invest into your music, then Everything else is a moot point until you learn how to do that. So I'm glad you pointed yeah, that no. out. 
It is. It's it's all about mindset. It has nothing to do with what's outside of you. Your mind is like a computer. So it's like this train. Either your brain can be your employee or you can be a slave to your mind. So which one are you going to choose? <laughs> and personally, yeah. I'd rather yeah. just to make my mind work for me and mm-hmm. manage my emotions, manage my time and manage my money because I mean, we, I have, you know, all kinds of people around me who have amazing aspirations, but at the end of the day, that costs money, you know, and if I'm hearing you sit here and say that you're afraid of money and that you're not willing to invest in yourself, well, you're going to be waiting a long time for your aspiration. And like I said, the universe owes us just so much that it'll allow us to take all the time we need. Like, that's how much she loves us, you know? And mm-hmm. she's not going to judge whatsoever. You will just be the upset one complaining that you're not going anywhere. But the universe is like, this is what you wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you wanted to stay here, you know? Like, so yeah. I'm not going to sit here and allow myself to play a jokester on myself when I know that there's so many things out there, especially with people that you work with. There's going to be artists that I want to work with one day that require money, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that it will be a joke to them that I could not invest, you know what I mean? That I could not invest that money into them to know that it's a hierarchy. And it's like, money doesn't rule the world, but it does. If you look at it, you know what I mean? You have to, you got to have money to put food on the table. You got to. And personally, I want to build a legacy and I don't got kids yet, but the universe has been making me think about children, not to have them now, but to think about the future of what I want to leave my kids. And I'm like, oh, I got to start now. There's a legacy that got to be built, you know what I mean? Because I want to build generational wealth and I want to be able to leave something for my children. Money will no longer be an issue in my family because I'm going to be the first person to obtain and rework that program in my family. Um, I'm the first one out of um, eight children. And I just feel like it's my duty to like be an example. I'm the first generation woman as well so I'm like I I have to like I it's not like I have to but I I I tell myself and I convince myself like I have to I have to be the first person in my family to be an entrepreneur a full-time entrepreneur I have to be the first person in my family to deprogram myself and reprogram myself to build generational wealth I have to be the first person in my family to show my little brothers and sisters because I know they look up to me and I know they miss me. I'm out here like living out my dreams. I don't really make the time to go back home as much as I should because that is time getting taken away from me investing in other stuff. And people can see it in, you know, however different they wanted to. And my, my parents, they understand. My mom was just texting me yesterday being like, oh my God, like, I didn't know you released an EP. Why didn't you tell me? You know, like they are so supportive <laughs> now. They are so supportive now. And they understand. I have always been so ambitious and so driven to fulfill any goals and dreams that I've had. And no one's going to stop me. I'm not slowing down for nobody at all. I can't even slow down for myself. I got to think quick. I got to act quick. I got to move quick because opportunities don't always come around. Either I can create them and manifest them or they're just going to be right rolled over my head. And I can't allow that to happen. You know, I got People are, people are watching, you know, people are watching you. People are watching everything you do, whether they say they do or don't, or they, you know, or they make comments. People are watching. 
And one thing I will say is that people are going to watch me. They're going to watch me be extraordinary. And that is the damn fact. They're going to watch me be extraordinary because I'm going to show them that you can do anything if you step into that version of you who already has what you want. It is easier said than done. It's taking a long time. And I have a long way to go still of an evolution, of a journey, of a process to... um work on my mindset when it comes to my music to come to like what I want to do with my career how do I want to expand my business all of that it's going to take a while but at the same time I've never been so excited about what I'm doing or about what's like the future that I have I used to be so scared and then I was like why are you so scared the future's not even like set in stone the future is actually in this now moment now is the only thing that matters you know, what you do in this now moment sets you up for the next day. The thoughts that you have today create the thoughts that you have tomorrow. So I'm like, I have to make sure that my mindset is at a an up and up and on the, you know, the nick of time. So I can make sure I fulfill my destiny and prophecy and I can leave something behind for people to remember me by. And that's music. Well, I'm so happy for you that you have gotten to that point because... Thank Even you. just getting there is hard. And I sort of in the past year really started recognizing some things that I needed to shift. And I feel like anyone who's gone through that process, just even getting to the point where like you can recognize, okay, this needs to be different. How do I learn about what I need to do next to take myself to that better mindset? I mean, it's, it's a journey. It is. Oh my gosh. It is a journey. It's a process. And it's going to create resistance. Our ego likes to fight us. <laughs> ego likes to keep us comfortable. It really does. It likes to keep us safe. But you have to know that the ego is just an identity. And our ego's not bad. It wants to keep, it's, it's meant for survival. It's meant for survival. It's meant to keep us safe. It's meant to protect us. But you have to realize that your higher self sees the bigger picture. Your higher self sees the future. It sees all the opportunities that are coming your way. And so you have to step into that version that is already you that has it. So who is the version of you that is a millionaire musician who is singing with some of the prestigious artists who, you know, is making music for millions of people and touching millions of people's lives? Mm-hmm. How does that person think? How does that person act? And what does that person have to believe to be true in order to do that? It literally a shift. Your reality can shift in a second. And I'm like, when you get to that grasp and really meditate on that, that all you need to do is just shift your mind, being like, I'm happy. And your whole brain can rewire just like that. And your whole body will act accordingly. That's all you need. So I just really hope that people just really meditate on that and revel into that because, you know, you can really say all you want to say. But like I said, it's 90% mindset, 10% strategy. And mindset will definitely make or break you in this world, whatever industry you're trying to be in. You have to have the right mindset to get to where you have to go. I definitely resonate with that. At the time I recorded this interview, Drew had just released a new EP the day before. I was curious to learn about her process of making this record, especially since we had recently gone into a COVID quarantine in Austin. I wanted to know, was it different than working on a record in 
quote-unquote normal times. I mean, of course it's going to be different, but how was it different? I've been listening to it. I'm enjoying it. And if you'd like to talk about that and sort of share some of your stories of making a record in quarantine, I'd love to give you that chance. Oh, thank you. So I did. I released an EP called Sorry No One's Home. So it's a three-song EP. It's pretty short. But I decided to go with a short EP this time just because psychology, people attention spans are short and I want them to listen to the whole thing (laughs) like I want yeah so I was like I want people to listen to the whole thing I want to be able to and I know I write fast so I was like I know I could like if next month I want to do another three song EP like I know I'm more than capable of doing that so I'll probably do that too as well I've just had people like Liv she recorded she uh, produced one of the songs F-I-R-U which is short for fuck it right up I actually wrote that on my guitar, and I actually wrote that about this guy that I really like to this day, but, you know, focusing on myself, he knows where to find me. Hey, babe. Um, uh, just, <laughs> just, like, yes, focusing girl. <laughs> focusing on myself and, like, just basically, like, I think putting myself in a position of, like, I would play the victim a lot back then. Before I got my mindset under wrap, I would play the victim a lot. And I would be like, why are you doing this? And blah, blah, blah. When going back to the beginning of the interview, when I told you, like, now my belief for everyone is you pushed out. And everyone is you, you know, reflecting back to you on something that you're running away from. And I kept running away from myself. I kept wanting him to show me a love that I felt like it would be a fairy tale. And honestly, I do believe our relationship is kind of a fairy tale dynamic, but it's not all rosy posies and rainbows. Like love is hard work. Love is not just a feeling. It is an action. You have to actively show someone you care about them. You have to actively show someone you're willing to grow, willing to work on yourself, willing to uh, develop yourself in a way to sustain a relationship. Um, I've been single for three years. I've been abstinent for three years, actually, as well, because I have chosen to work so deeply on myself. To But this song, it was just basically like, you know... I would always tell him, you know, you are you are a freaking fairy tale. Like I could have made you up. Like I think he's perfect for me. Like, and I don't say that lightly because I'm not a sappy person at all. Like, I mean, I can be with the right person, but I'm not really a sappy person. And I'm really very independent, really strong, head willed, and stuff like that. Strong willed. But I would just be like, he's made me feel things I've never felt in a person before. And I'm like, this is. Mm, it made me run away from him as well because you know. As trauma, we like to run away from stuff that could be too good to be true. But is it too good to be true? You know what I mean? Or is it actually like, 
is it actually real? And the universe actually wants to give you something that you necessarily deserve, but you don't want to freaking see it. And I don't think I wanted to see it at that time. I think I was just like, you're just telling me things that you think I want to hear, yada, yada, yada. But like, just playing tango, like, you know, fuck it right up. Like, you know, he's done some shady stuff. I've done some shady stuff. You know, we both hurt each other. And like, it's just like, believe it all to me that I fucked it right up because at the end of the day, I can't blame you for doing what you're doing because I manifested it. I created these thoughts to where you have done this, 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 you know, and that's where that came from. And I think just working on the EP during quarantine was just like a lot. Like, I mean, the, the guy that I like, we were spending a lot of time together and I was just like, I just didn't know exactly what was going on and how I was dealing with things or where things were going to go. And I'm kind of still up in the air. Like, I mean, of course, like I want us to be together, but at the same time, I'm not chasing after nobody. So I'm just, like I said, if you you know where to find me, like I'm not going to sit here and like bend over backwards, you know, trying to fight for any attention or love. Like I deeply love myself. Like I'm constantly like finding ways to love myself even more. But like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this EP is probably like my favorite that I've wrote written. But I actually uh, feel like I'm about to write another EP, actually, like, maybe starting tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to lie, because there's just, like, a lot that I've just been thinking about, especially with, like, Black Lives Matter thing and my conspiracy theorists and just like, wanted just to be more in tune with my heritage and my culture and just support a lot of more Black artists and African-American people and businesses. And honestly, it's not even about political, I think, because I'm not a political person. I'm not a Democrat, nor am I a Republican. I don't, honestly, and people could be shook as, as they want to be. I honestly don't care about who's president. Like, the president's going to be president at the end of the day. They're not going to save us. You can only save you. So I'm like, at the end of the day, I think this kind of just woken me up, the concept of like, you know, African-American people, how we've been oppressed, how we built this, you know, nation on our back, all of this. I'm like, wow, like, I feel so proud to be an African-American woman. Like, I feel so proud to be Black. I love the skin I'm in. And I love the fact that I can be a change into society and show people what they're made of, regardless of their skin color. So Mm. I think that is very important. Thank you for sharing that. I love this EP yeah. and I look forward to hearing the next one whenever it comes out. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It is my absolute pleasure. So let's make sure that people can find your music. Yes, definitely. Um, so my name is Drew Amani. You can find me anywhere on Instagram. I'm currently making a Facebook music page. Um, I'm going to be making a Twitter also, as well as um, a TikTok. It's going to be more than likely the same names, Drew Amhani. You can listen to any of my music anywhere at YouTube, Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you feel like you can listen to music. That's where you'll find me. Same name, Drew Amhani. Um, I'm actually starting a YouTube channel where I'm going to be teaching people how to write songs, how to like catch up with like melodies, hooks, you know, exercising my freestyle writing skills. I think that'll just like be really helpful. Um, just trying to put myself out there and like be of service to as much people as I can. Um, and 
Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and then I dropped my EP, so I just dropped it 36 hours ago. Whatever, it doesn't matter the time, but go ahead and listen <laughs> to it. <laughs> Sorry, no one's home. Streaming on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and YouTube. Let me know what you think about it. And yeah, I'm just really excited to get to know a lot more people and hear what they have to say. So, yes, thank you. Thank you again for giving me the chance to interview you. It really means a lot that you can trust me with sharing your story. Thank you so much for allowing artists to have a platform to share their music, their art, and their experiences. I think what you're doing is astounding, and I'm really excited to hear more interviews that you put out with other artists. Oh, thanks, Drew. Yeah, definitely. That means a lot. (laughs) You're You're welcome. Please check the show notes for links to find Drew Imani's music, social media, and all that fun stuff. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. It's not often discussed how to budget your money for music expenses. Often we spend most of our time thinking about, okay, so how am I going to get paid for my music? And that is an important thing to focus on. But if you frame it in your head as your music career is something that you are going to invest in, because if you are the artist or the musician, you are basically the business, the product, depending on which direction you take it in. And so there are going to be costs that you're going to need to plan for. Even things like just getting photos taken so that you can promote your shows and have it look professional and like you really put in some thoughtful effort and like you're going to put on an interesting show that is worth coming to. If you're not good at editing videos or even recording them for your shows so that you can share the experience with people after the fact, Hire a video editor. Get a logo made for your band so that you can put it on your merch. Recording time. Literally, the list of things that you could spend money on related to building momentum with your music career is nearly endless. There are so many things. And so, making sure that you prioritize those costs. It makes a difference in how you manage your money and how you make space for that investment in yourself. When I first graduated high school, my thought was, oh, this isn't an expense that's related to survival, like rent or groceries or, you know, bills. So it's, quote, fun money that I'm spending. It is not a priority. It's essentially optional. And the mistake I made when I did that all those years ago is I did not think about spending money from a music career as an investment. I didn't realize that this was actually the equivalent of a business expense. Me spending money on software to record myself with or courses to learn how to produce with, you know, Logic or Pro Tools. 
anything related to those kinds of expenses, they are important. And as soon as you start prioritizing them, it really helps you get a more thorough understanding of what your profitability is because, you know, it feels good when we get paid for our music, but if the money we're putting into building our music career is less than the money that we're getting paid from streaming royalties, sync licensing, shows, whatever your primary streams are of income, if you're not balancing that out, that's a sign for you to pay attention to why that is and figure out, okay, so what are my next steps to resolve that so that I'm not losing money and instead I'm making money. So that's my little financial takeaway for you today. And I would love to hear if you found this helpful or if you have other suggestions for musicians who are trying to figure out, okay, how do I manage 